Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and the company of those secrets are made. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of our Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you.
He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food, forty days and forty nights, to Horeb, the Mount of God. That place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone have left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks and pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous of the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone have left. They are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
of the letter from Paul to the Galatians. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned, guarded under the law until the faith could be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinary. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, where Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to the promise. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding. 
The demons begged Jesus to let them enter peace. So he gave them permission. The demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away and proclaimed throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Sacred power, healing source, breathe new life into us. Revive those parts of us buried in the tombs and give us courage to share our stories. Amen. Amen. Our gospel lesson today picks up right after the story of when Jesus is in the middle of Lake Gennesaret with his disciples. And they're in the boat, and a storm comes up. And the storm is so violent that the disciples think they're going to die, and Jesus is just asleep in the back of So they get nervous, and they wake Jesus up, and Jesus wakes up, and he rebukes the wind, and the waves. He rebukes the disciples, asking them if they have such little faith. And after that, they continue on their journey across the lake. And they arrive at the other side of the lake where we encounter a different storm. Storm raging inside of a man. Our scriptures tell us that this man is a man of the city. He probably had a house. He engaged in business. He probably had family. He probably did things every day, sort of like the things that you and I do. But no longer was he in the city, but in the graveyard. He was naked, not wearing clothes. I imagine he had unkempt hair, a long beard. Perhaps he was covered in dirt or mud, and there were bruises on his body, maybe lesions. No longer man of the city, that part of his life had died. Francois Bobon writes that that he lives among the graves indicates that he is closer to the dead than the living. His whole life had been changed because of these evil spirits living inside of him. People trying to bind him, 
People tried to control him. They tried to put shackles and chains around him, but he broke those chains and ran throughout the countryside tormented by the evil things inside of him. Nothing could hold this madness, this legion. So Jesus steps off the boat, and the man comes running up to Jesus and asks him not to torment him. The demons recognize that they are standing in front of a person of power. They know that God in human flesh is right there among them, and they are terrified. So Jesus asks them their name, and they say, We are legion, for they were many. Then they ask Jesus, they ask him a strange request. They say, Jesus, let us go into this wine over there. I think part of this is that they had taken this man who was a pure and loving creation of God, and they had made him impure. And the pigs were ritually impure, they were unclean, and the spirits were unclean, so maybe they were thinking they found a loophole, and if they went into the pigs, then they would be okay not to this. So Jesus grants them their request, they go into the pigs, the pigs run off the hillside and drown into the lake, the demons are sent back into the abyss. This is quite a fantastic story, something I don't think you and I will ever see in our lives, at least I hope I don't. And so it leaves me with this question and this wondering, what do pigs and demons and graveyards have to do with us today? right here, right now, in Concord, on this Sunday morning. Last year, I served as a chaplain at Boston Medical Center. And over the summer, we would have to take on-call nights. And I always dreaded my on-call nights because I never knew what was going to happen. And I remember one night towards the end of the summer, I made it through a whole night, I didn't get called. My pager went off at 6.30 in the morning. And maybe as some of you know, when, when when my supervisor and the other chaplains would come in, they would take their future offline, and I would get a little email saying, you were no longer covering for so-and-so. So I was like, my, my supervisor's in really early this morning, and I'm like, let me check it again, and said, please call the site PD. Well, that's not what I was looking forward to first thing in the morning, but I gave him a call, and the nurse page me, picked up the phone, and she said, Christopher, we have somebody here who is saying that she is possessed by demons, and we want you to so my head goes racing. I have no idea what to do for a person who says they're possessed by demons. I'm praying that they don't want me to do an exorcism. And I just take a deep breath. I put on my chaplain's voice and I say, yes, I will be right there. So I got in the car. I showed up. In the meantime, the shift had changed. And I was greeted by a new nurse who said, I don't know why they asked you to come. It's not like you can do anything. Not the welcoming words that I hope for. And Making me all the more nervous. So the doctor comes over and talks to me. And she explains the situation. And there's a young woman who's from Central America. And she and her husband immigrated to the United States. And this woman has not slept for over 38 hours. She's not eating. She's not drinking. And she's talking about having demons inside of her. And they really don't know what to do. And she wants to talk to somebody who understands. So I say to the doctor, now, you understand, all we do is kind of like deep listening and like non-anxious presence. The doctor said yes. So I went in to the translator and 
The room was stark and antiseptic. And here was this woman, and I was surprised because she was a couple of years younger than I am. Her husband was in a chair, asleep. And I started talking to her. And as we started in our conversations, she told me there was this evil thing that was gripping her heart. This evil thing inside of her, and she was afraid. She was terrified that this evil thing was traveling up into her head. That it might come out, that it might hurt those around her, that it might hurt her children, that it might hurt herself, that it might hurt her husband. This evil thing that had killed parts of her life. She no longer could be the mother that she wanted to be. This evil thing had stopped her from working. She could no longer be the provider for her family that she wanted to be. Parts of her life were dead because of this. And as I listened to her story, she told me about life in Central America and the terrible things that had gone on there, the violence, the crimes committed against her. I was thinking, what a metaphor for trauma. As I talked to my supervisor afterwards, we were talking about how this woman had experienced horrific events. And her focus was just on getting to someplace safe. And once she reached that place safe, and things were coming down, and her children were in school, how this trauma was starting to resurface. How it was starting to come up to her head, and she was so scared that when it did, she would actually have to face those horrible, dark now, I'm not trying to say that demon possession in antiquity was just mental illness. And I'm definitely not trying to say that mental illness is demon possession. But our internal struggles, the struggles each and every one of us go through, and at times, things outside of our control affect us deeply, can leave us feeling like a man in the graveyard. Sometimes we are hurt so badly that parts of us die. Maybe it's in relationships, relationships with friends or coworkers when we trust other people and that trust is violated. Maybe that part of us that seeks out friendship and community dies a little bit. Our relationships with our families or our spouses. Maybe it's dreams. Maybe we have good and only dreams. Good Good dreams of being financially secure or dreams for our children that never come to fruition for some reason or other. And the part of us that hopes is dimmed. Or maybe we have experienced traumatic events in our lives, things outside of our control that have hurt us and have damaged us. And we take those things and we try to put them in chains. We try to bind them and bury them deepest, darkest tomb of our soul. It's these parts. This legion of wounds inside of us. These are exactly the places that Jesus comes to. Like the widow's son we read about two weeks ago, Jesus comes to these parts and breathes new life into them and resurrects them. 
wants to break the shackles that bind us. We have to notice in our scripture lesson today how Jesus actually performed the exorcism. Now, I don't know a lot about exorcisms, and I assume many of you don't. Perhaps our only frame of reference is the movie The Exorcist. So, but in antiquity, it was kind of the same thing. There were props, there were right things to say, there was often violent shaking. But in our story today, there is none of that. Just like Elijah didn't find God in the whirlwind, or in the fire, or in the storm, Jesus doesn't employ anything like that. It is simply the silence of his presence that makes the demons ask to leave. And this is what we have to do. We have to open ourselves to the presence of Christ, to the healing balm to these parts of our souls. In a couple minutes, we will gather around this sacred table and we will take bread that is body and wine that is blood. And the presence of Jesus will fill us. And that is where the miraculous healing begins. But it's not always easy. It's not always easy to open these parts of our life to God. Sometimes there are things that we don't want to look at, and we can be afraid. Afraid like the people in our story were afraid. It seems a funny response to a casting out of demons. There's no awe, there's no wonder. It's terrifying. Fear. And perhaps this fear is just at the raw power of God, or maybe it is the swineherd to realize that they have lost their economic status because their whole, their whole pigs had just died. But whatever it is, people knew that once they came in contact with Jesus, their life would be forever changed. The change can be scary and difficult. And we have to wonder why Jesus said no to this man, you cannot follow me. And I think part of the reason is that Jesus had People had only seen the pigs jumping off the cliff. I think that would be scary for me as well. And so Jesus tells us, man, go tell your story. Complete the miracle. Spread this healing throughout the countryside. It is in the sharing of the good news that the miracle is complete. And that is where this table calls us to, outside of these four walls. It is in the sharing of our own stories with each other that our healing continues. When we hear other people's stories that resonate with ours, we know that we are not alone. We can offer people comfort because we understand part of what they're going through. And I'm not talking about standing on a corner and yelling at strangers. Because I think in some ways that's easier to do. It's actually in the intimate relationships everydayness of our lives. It is in this telling that we spread the miracle into the world around us. It's in this telling that we begin to tear down the chains and shackles of our own lives and of those of others. It is in this telling that we become more truly the followers of Christ.
it is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. For by water and the Holy Spirit, you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ our Lord, to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us spiritually in the sacrament of the body of Send us now to the world of peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of this congregation, I thank you for bearing this holy gift, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and we who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one blood. May the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, 